0: Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now live on Highland Radio or back via the podcast. We have another packed show in store for you this evening. I'm joined by one and ever, as, with the one and only Joe Dex keeping me right. Everything okay there, Joe? (laughs) He nods his head. Joe's keeping me right here this evening. As ever, as I say, we have a packed show in store, even in this doom and gloom weekend after Donegal... Uh, let's be honest, have, have relegation all but assorted. One final game away to Common, but I don't see any way out of this one. Of course, coming up on the show, as I say, Mayo legend John Casey, now top 100 with RT, will be joining us to give us the lowdown on what he thought of Donegal's performance yesterday and, of course, where he thinks Mayo can go this season. Uh, also on the show earlier today, I sp- spoke with the uh, sports editor with iconic media group, Frank Craig uh, we wrapped up as I say the, the Donegal game yesterday we talked in depth about where the squad and the management's at and uh, I suppose looked ahead to where we can go in the in the championship and also myself and Frank discussed uh, what was another tough weekend for Donegal ladies with a defeat to the Dubs they've won last game and if they won that game they can stay up so last chance saloon for Maxie Kearns uh, side we discussed that, we discussed uh, Luke Barrett's uh, minors as well. They beat Cavan at the weekend, going very well. And of course, our hurlers beat Tyrone as well in Division Two B. So all that to come with an interview with, uh, as I say, Frank Craig uh, coming up after John Casey. We're all going. We're also going to have a special call out to Joe McBerdy. Joe's fighting uh, cancer at the minute. Uh, he's up in Dublin there and. The Killebex Club are running a special charity game from Infantra this week, so we're going to promote that game. There's some legends of uh, Donegal GA going to that, so it'll be great to catch up with Joe and just see he's getting on as he battles uh, cancer, as I say, at the minute. We wish him all the best. Joe, of course, has coached all over Donegal, uh, coached the county team and uh, is, uh, of course, coaching up at St. Peregrine's. Really well got up there, so it'll be nice to, to give a shout-out and see how he's doing. But first up, as I say... We're going to speak with the one and only uh, John Casey uh, to give us a lowdown on uh, line one. He's on here, Joe was telling me. We're going to speak with John now to get his uh, reaction to that defeat uh, yesterday to his own man, Mayo. John,
1: how are you seeing him? Uh, Keeping good, Brendan. I don't, I'm not sure if I qualify in the legends category, but anyway, <laughs> I'll take that any day. I'm giving a compliment. Uh, well, listen, John, you're a
0: legend in my terms, anyway, because. Thanks tell, very much. I'll tell you what, uh, I, I see you around games and that. I think you're a brilliant man uh, at analysing. I love to hear you in the commentary. You've, you've seen a lot of football this year, which I want to actually ask you about once we get to that point. And even before I do, uh, and we mentioned yesterday's game, uh, John, the, the, the buzz around me, when I hit. To to in any way, I suppose, look at what's went previous there, but this Mayo team mm-hmm. um, this season so far really really looked the business, and we've seen it many times before, John, where we've kind of maybe talked them or or where are they going or or they look yeah. like they're they're contenders. But there's something different about this side, uh, John. Just in the build up to this, I don't think had any fear, let's say, of, of coming the Buffet this time round.
1: Well, there's a, there's a long-winded answer to that uh, uh, synopsis, Brendan. And I suppose you and I sat beside each other when Mayo played Donegal in the first round of the National League in Markovic Park last year when, when Mayo had to concede home advantage when, when uh, Mikhail Park wasn't available. And Mayo absolutely robbed a draw off, off Donegal that day. A game. We should have lost um, quite easily. We ended up stealing a draw at the bitter end. And I remember it's actually being on a podcast with your good self after four rounds of the league last year when Mayo were cruising at uh, three wins and one draw from the first four games and your the, your same self was raving about how great our chances <laughs> were and how we were going to be unstopped and nobody was going coming near us and James Horn was making five changes from match to match and we were still blitzing teams and it wasn't long, Brendan, before it all came crashing down. So... Uh, not been around the last time we lifted Sam Maguire and waiting all of 72 years Brendan we're far from going to get carried away at this early stage but to counter that they are playing some fantastic stuff they're yes, playing really yes. really well and if if I all I would always have a fear going into a big game for Mayo that something is going to go wrong that they're they're not going to perform against a Dublin or a Kerry or a Galway, I'm naming them three teams because they're the big hitters at the moment, Tyrone, you name it. But right now, I wouldn't have that fear. If they were playing any of them tomorrow in a huge game, i said, you know what, they'll have a right crack at this. And it probably resonates, Brendan, because right here at the moment, there seems to be an absolutely massive feel-good factor uh, there's a really positive vibe and that vibe is 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 transforming from from the management to the players and then from the players to the supporters in the stand and you you can feel it at games that everyone is a little bit happier about things and i suppose but the grim reality is we felt like this at a stage last year as well yeah and it all came crashing down we got blitzed in a league final lost to our old enemies Galway Connacht championship and you know, went out very easily and very tamely to to carry in an All Ireland quarter final. So there is that fear there, but at the same time, you've got to give massive credit. Uh, Kevin McStay has come in with a with a high powered management team. Um, he he is so good himself, Brendan. I'm sure you've you've known him from the times we 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 do gigs up in Co. Park and around the country. He's very media savvy. He knows what point he wants to get across, and and. What I enjoyed, I listened to him yesterday, and what I enjoyed, like, he he actually told us he wanted to go up and beat Donegal in Buffet yesterday. There was no beating around the bush. He says, well, we're not here to lose the game. We're going to... And, And that's something that's very, very positive. So things are going well, but we all know too well that you know, things can come, come to a horrible end, especially for most of my Mayo, Mayo folks, but they are playing really well. <laughs>
0: well, listen, John, you say a horrible end, listen, I played in the generation where we never got to a final, and I always am, um, and listen, I've been in many podcasts talking about this, saying that, listen, you know, I know players that have, that have made a final, and talked about it for the next 20 years, just making one, so there's one thing I'm not doing, is, is certainly not uh, criticizing Mayo for everything that they've brought, brought to it, and again, just some of the mm-hmm. scenes we've we seen, particularly, I think, after the Kerry game, the pitching face. And I mean, I mean, Barty's like, oh, that's that's a bit OTD. But then you're like, listen, what's it all about? You know, it's it's kids, it's the Bulls. I mean, I'm looking, you've scored double what we've scored in, in the league, yeah. which is a bit scary. And I think the way the modern game's going, and probably what gives you that little uh, tilt of maybe possibility, is that the game has become a game about outscoring teams, particularly at Crow Park. Everywhere, really, but especially at Crow park, so if you've got that armory, and it's one thing which maybe you seemed a bit short of in previous years was were you going to get enough scores that's somewhere you're looking at now seems to be coming around that there's scores coming all over the park,
1: yeah, all over the park. I think it was eight from memory it was eight we had <coughs> yesterday, and you know and when- I suppose one way I'd be looking at it, Brendan, I, I, I'm a devil for looking at who gets picked on the, even though I know it's by votes on whatever, who gets picked on the GEA team of the week. And like Mayo have had representatives on that every week, which is always a good sign. I think we're, they've had the last three players of the week from the last uh, three weekends of the National League, and Aidan O'Shea is up for, for grabs of that one again. But it, that's the point I am making, actually, is, is a longer way of making it, but different players are standing up every week. Yeah. Jack Kearney one week, Dermot O'Connor, O'Shea, Matty Rouen, what a first half yesterday. Indah Hessian scored a goal that any forward would be proud of. They're going against her own with the dummy solo. And that's probably where Mayo are, are looking at it and Yesterday was the first time I think the management team actually went selected as a match day programme. I think one or two of the journalists might have had a little dig at Kevin McStay going, what's the point in buying a programme if you're going making and sweeping and changes and we haven't a clue what's happening? So that's one thing I think Kevin McStay takes on board. He actually listens to people and he he, he, he does things the right way if he can. So it is a very positive um, aspect of the game that the scores are coming from everywhere. I mean, my, my own club mate who I've been itching to see on the pitch wasn't getting any game time. Paul Towie, he came on the last two minutes yesterday. Thankfully, Aidan O'Shea gave him a lovely assist for, for a score and play. But like, he shot the lights out, uh, Brendan, in the club championship in Mayo here last year. He actually marked Michael McHernan, the Tyrone uh, corner back out in Chicago, scored 20 points on him. And yet he can't get a sniff at, at, at the first five rounds of the league for, for Mayo. So we're like, oh, so that just giving you some idea that things are going well, and and our, our man of the match yesterday, Aidan O'Shea, who was in beast mode, he seems to have got a new lease of life again. Yeah, yeah. And There was a there was a time, Brendan, he wouldn't even take a shot at goal. Now he's taking frees and catching marks and loving it. And mm. yeah, you can see he's playing with a new lease of life and a new confidence. And and you've got you've got then the likes of the, the likes of Killian O'Connor then to come back into the fold as well. And 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 that's one thing, uh, Brendan. I think you can notice from from the match yesterday. And this is no reflection, but Mayo went after the the forwards, especially O'Shea, went after Sean Patton. And he said, I'm going to go after this guy. I'm going to tackle them hard. And I think that's something, apart from, I suppose, getting a few more scores than we normally would, we've got four of the most aggressive forward tacklers in the modern game. Killian O'Connor, Aidan O'Shea, Jordan Flynn and Ryan O'Donoghue. Them guys get their hands on you you're in the honey trap and there's no coming out and they've done mm. it in more games than that and it's created turnovers Brendan very high up the field which in turn is creating chances to score
0: Yeah and, and Joe at the start of the season particularly you know you had the new management and it looked like a good management fit but it was a few guys that were around the block a small bit you know in terms of Rochford and that and of course you have mm-hmm. you, you know people stepping back in uh, from media, as you'll have to at some stage, John, you know it's coming, you can't sit in the on the media fence <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Says me, yep. I better watch. But listen, Lee Keegan retires, Oshie Mullen obviously goes to Australia, and yep. you're thinking, right, huge blows to Mayo, no more than ourselves, losing some of our top men. I mean, Lee Keegan, you know, is, is Michael Murphy-esque in Mayo, of course. But listen, as I say, there's, there is this buzz around you, and I know you were back a lot earlier than us, and I keep, there's loads of reasons, John, why this has been such a tough season for Donegal, because of injuries and a few players actually not committing to the team, um, the management coming in late. Listen, I know you said, people tell me, eight or nine challenge games played before the league came. You look like a team's moving at a different level. I mean, what, what did you make of Donegal uh, yesterday? It was as if we were hanging in there for a while, but the power that Mayo has was on a bit of another level. Mm. There's, it was, uh, you know, people talk about challenge games and It, that. Was, it was
1: too yeah. easy, you know. It was worrying, Brendan, from a Donegal perspective. There's no beating around the bush about it. Um, lots of aspects. I mean, I was at the, the, the first round of the league, the Kerry, the Kerry and Donegal, when, when uh, Donegal beat Kerry by, by a point up in Ballybuffet. And I think that created a very false sense of, I won't call it hype, but a false sense of hope, maybe. A false sense of security that, yeah, we're fine here. It was all documented up there. I think we remember at the time saying how many players uh, Kerry were missing at the time. that They were way back. But Donegal, let's give credit, were missing a, a whole pile of players the same day themselves. So it just gave a, a, a false sense of hope, I suppose. But there was very, very worrying passages of play from a Donegal perspective yesterday. The ease at which Mayo players broke down the middle, Brendan, for scores was... I mean, Tommy Conroy soloed the ball right through the heart of the Donegal defence. Three, four occasions, nobody laid a glove on him. Ryan O'Donoghue for the goal, nobody came to meet him to take a tackle. Jordan Flynn burst through the middle on another occasion. uh, Absolutely nobody went near him again O'Donoghue set up Ryan O'Donoghue for a point I think in the 56th minute or thereabouts right down the middle no yeah. Donegal player laid a hand on him yeah. and that's not the Donegal like, I just keep thinking to myself if there was any of the McGees in the vicinity that they would have nearly gone on and just stopped somebody with an unmerciful <laughs> shoulder or something but yeah. the thing that there was two kind of rooks in the matches uh, yesterday Brendan when the ball went loose and went on the ground and that's when you know whether a team is up for the fight or not. And there was one particular 29-minute rook down on the right-hand side of the, the stand, uh, Donegal attacking. And Ryan O'Donoghue, there was a couple of attempts by Donegal players to go down and come up with the ball. And Ryan O'Donoghue was the one that wanted it most and came up with it. Yes. And that kind of shows you what you're dealing with. And then another occasion, Aidan O'Shea got... It was I think it's Aidan O'Shea's point, actually. He got kicked the ball in along the sideline. He mishandled it. I think it was Brendan McCall and Owen Bond that were in the vicinity. The ball went loose on the ground. Aidan O'Shea still came up with it, rounded his man and kicked a point. and yeah. That just doesn't happen to yeah. to the Donegal defense do you know that we've known about. For do the you know match. what
0: worried me most about that, John? Is Because it was a do-or-die game for us. If we were sitting ready, sitting on six points, and yeah. we, were, we were down in, in McKeel Park or wherever, you know, I'd have thought, maybe we just had an off day. But the fact that we were back to the wall... And we still played like that, but was very scary looking looking into the future. That said, John the only thing I can say here is, you know, it's gonna be we've got a league final coming up, we've got the Connacht Championship straight after it. We're into the group stages then. Then we've got quarter semis. It's gonna mm-hmm. be it's gonna be a lot of football. Are, have you it only be fear that Mayo's maybe a wee bit ahead of the game in terms of keeping that of course. you know, keeping that buzz up because it like the look like a team now you would probably like to be at least in the group stages of the championship where they're yeah. playing at the minute, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, as much as people say about, about Connacht not being competitive, you have Roscommon and Galway, both sitting, I think, second and third or fourth, and in, in, or fourth, second and fourth in Division 1. None of them games are a given. The Rossies are going to be waiting. They're probably happily glad that we're uh, that we're going to be in the league final the week before out from, from playing them, but going back to the Donegal thing, Brendan, as well, it's something that I suppose needs to be remembered as well. Paddy Carr was very late getting into the job. Mayo, you mentioned it there. Mayo were two months, uh, I think, ahead. Kevin yeah. McStay day had been appointed. He was very late being appointed into the job. So, I know patience is not a, is not for for what people want to hear. But and the positive, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have a month from into league. Am, am I right saying that? Yes. Till the yes. first round of the championship begins yeah, down. Dying, so yeah. that, that buys them a little bit of time like back in our day which was it seems like so long ago you were given ample time it was nearly like comp- two completely different seasons finishing your league and into your championship it's not that case now but Donegal have that little added incentive that i think it's down and in, in Park on on you know around the 20 something to 27th or something of april so it gives them a little bit of time to try and regroup it's not going to be the easiest uh, easiest um regrouping in the world and there'll be a lot of hard questions asked but that is something that I I, I kind of was feeling a little bit sorry for Donegal that they are missing so many players as well they have a lot of long term injuries a couple of fellas failing to commit and you know but then again the one that you keep mentioning I'm sure it's been mentioned several times is to look a bit uh, leaderless without Michael Murphy
0: yeah yeah. I think John they have to and you've played in teams that have gone bad for a while I think they have to you know maybe listen they're down to two you know they've got to regroup and, and I suppose get a bit of identity around themselves and you're going to get leaders and players you know that are coming through it's a very young squad by and large so it's going to be a new squad he said management and that coming in they didn't none of it helped Listen, hopefully down are looking at that video against yourselves, that's the best thing they could watch, I think, pre, pre-championship. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly be yeah. a lot better now. that. I, I know that. We'll, we'll, we'll get it together better now, John, just before you go, last question, just looking ahead to the All-Ireland, where do you see the pecking order then? Is it still a matter of taking taking the Kerry men down? Um, I'm sure you wouldn't free them at this point. You know, um, the dubs
1: no, yeah, buried their own, tucked them yeah, behind. Yeah, I'm always like, I know I, I keep on, I keep saying it whenever I'm on, on the airwaves, but I'm waiting to see Dublin with with, uh, with all their players back, with Jack McCaffrey back, and all these guys back in tow just to see what they're really like. There is a couple of new Dublin fellas, but I, I think Kerry, no more than Donegal struggling to replace Michael Murphy, Brendan, I think Kerry are struggling to replace David Morn in the middle of the field. Yes. And I just think his physical presence, like he's a giant of the game and has been for the last 10 years as as Murphy was. And you mentioned it there earlier, Mayo or somebody said, I wonder how Lee Keegan and Mullen are feeling right now with Mayo going so well. And I thought that's a very good question, actually, because, you know, they're nearly not being missed, although you'd both love to have them both. But yeah, for me, I I still think Dublin are the number one contenders and then followed closely by Kerry, Galway, maybe ourselves and then Tyrone. So look, it's hard to call it, but it's. I always fear the dubs. Um, I don't know why. I think it's it's because of the, the beatings down the years that we always expect to, to see them. But I certainly think that if Mayo can try to continue, Kevin McStay mentioned it there. This is what we were all wondering, Brendan, down here for the last three weeks, is are Mayo going to bow out now? But he's made it loud and clear. Winning is a habit. Winning is momentum. Yeah. Momentum is good. It makes you feel good. Let's keep going for it. And I'm sure that they have talked about the burnout factor. And and uh, but it doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. But then again, it's only the what is it, the 20th of March, yeah. so there's a long um, way to go yeah. yet, but let's not forget the all is early this year too.
0: That's it, uh, it'll be, it's just, I suppose, a thick and fast season, but it's not going to be drawn out, Correct. but certainly, uh, you never know, uh, maybe a Mayo-Galway final or something like that. John, listen, uh, th- <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, that would be great. Well, that would be, John, listen, thanks so much for wrapping up as ever, uh, John Casey, always a legend in my eyes, let me tell you.
1: Cheers Brendan, talk, all the best.
0: talk to you later uh, John Casey yeah, there, round it up top man indeed, Listen, after a break we're going to speak as I say with Joe McBerty, I'll catch up with you all then. Yes, welcome back, I'm delighted to say I'm now joined by Joe McBerty, more fish Affectionately known as Joe Barney, of course, by his friends, which I count myself as one. Uh, Joe, listen, I just seen there at the weekend. There's there's a special game in Fintro for you uh, next weekend. There's also a, a Twitter page sent up, uh, set up cycle run row for Joe. Uh, it's on Twitter there, uh, Joe. The the home club in Killy Beggs wanted to do something for you as you as you fought
2: uh, an illness there in Dublin currently. Yeah, that's correct, Brendan. I uh, appreciated you for making contact with me here this evening. Yeah, the club and obviously to my home club Killie Bags I'm very grateful for what they've done over the last couple of weeks to organize this. it really means a lot to me. And obviously, with the calibre of players that are going to be attending on Saturday, you know, it's really given me a boost as well over the last couple of weeks. As as you know, my adopted club here in Dublin, Peregrine's, ran an event too, which was greatly supported. And I have to be very grateful for them, both the players and management and the executive of the club, because they've been outstanding support over the last number of weeks.
0: Yeah, I talked to some of the Peregrine's people when I've been up in uh, Dublin, Joe. They've made it time for you. You've been coaching at all ages there and setting up underage camps and I know you've coached in Donegal I heard somebody said you've coached called Chiarr, Glenn, Callum and Kelly Beggs they didn't know anybody else who had done that of course the pinnacle of coaching is to coach your county you've done that as well I was there when you coached Donegal Joe so you've had a phenomenal time in GA up to
2: that and it's nice
0: for people to 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 respond now at this time of need yeah naturally and as I
2: said you know earlier on today You know, it's obviously the J community number one. That when you need them most, they'll always be there, no matter. Like obviously, we've all fallen out with people in other clubs and so on at games, and but the support I've got from the general J world in Donegal. And over the all over Ireland as such. But uh, I just can't thank everyone enough because the support I've got since just after Christmas has been immense. And it's really it's really what's drove me on to try and fight this illness more than anything. Yeah, you, you, get, you
0: get the you dreaded diagnosis after uh, Christmas, Joe, when you're you're just in treatment there now up
2: in uh, what hospital are you in? In moment, I, I actually got I actually got word on the 23rd of December would you believe, Jesus first of all that yeah. you know, so kind of put a dampener on the old Christmas, you know, Aye. especially for my partner, Mara and son Faker. like it hasn't been easy for them the last number of weeks you know, but it, just, it wasn't what what I expected to hear, but the support from everyone naturally number one give me the drive and you know I said I wouldn't hide it that I would come out and tell everyone because I could easily have just closed the door and said nothing and let it get the better of me but I said no I'm going to be I'm going to meet this head on and the support from yeah. the, the wider community, etc cetera, has given me that strength. Yeah, listen, and I've, I've met Young Feker along
0: with you at, at, Crow Park and that, and I, I was ringing you tonight, me and you be texting, you know, the two years was on the PlayStation there, playing a bit of FIFA and what have you, Joe, and listen, you're, you're 100% right, you're a great fella. And listen, the game's down as a Legends game, I didn't get to shout myself, I is um, I'm not, I don't fit the Legends category, I get, I get that, I would, I would have did Waterman or something for you, you know. <laughs>
2: I'm sure if you're available, there'll be a spot for you, you know, right? I was <laughs> I
0: was a net. What day said, you did part- <laughs> uh, college. I couldn't get in the team. Paddy Tunney stuck me in right. net, so maybe there'll be something yeah.
2: <laughs> be a role for me. Yeah. But, um, um, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it on Saturday, but my family will be there to represent me, obviously. But you know, I know the lads are trying to organise it, getting lads on. But I'm sure if you arrive, if you're boots, you- to
0: this spot for you dust them off it's been a while now Joe let me tell
2: you no.
0: yeah, <laughs> but, but Joe listen you've you, yeah. you done, you done a good job when you were playing fair play to you ah, not too bad listen there's some good coaches there let me tell you Joe listen just behalf of everybody here in Donegal, listen you coached that many of us and that many of us know, know you you've made a big impact in Dublin so listen we want to wish you all the best in that game and, and, and your fight there as, as time goes on as well we're all behind
2: you Cheers, Brandon I really appreciate it and thank you for contacting me. No problem, Joe. Take care, sir. Yeah. All, right, all the best.
0: All Bye the great. best, but take care. Talk to you soon. Hi. Joe Joe McBeardy there, listen, wishing him all the best. A great guy indeed. Um listen, I say earlier in the day, uh Frank Craig of the iconic uh, sports media group, sports editor he is with him now, or Frank. He uh gave me a wee interview around Donegal and we wrapped up the rest of the sport. Of the weekend, I say Frank was busy tonight coaching, so I had to catch him up, uh, catch up with him by Zoom, and here's his interview. Great, right, Frank, welcome to the DL debate. How are you this evening?
3: I'm not too bad, Brent, and Yourself? Or this
0: afternoon, as the case may be.
3: Pre-recorded? Pre-recorded?
0: Pre-recorded? Pre- anything to get you on, Frank? I know you're a busy, man, coaching underage and all that. You're passing on <laughs> that skills and that knowledge and know-how to the next generation, you know.
3: Uh, trying to give a hand. It gets you out of the house, Brendan. It's an excuse and no a reason to, to get out of the house in the evening. Uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it. So do.
0: Yeah, fair play. Now, listen, Frank, um, give it a straight, you know, as a man, I mean, we're all, uh, I suppose, seasoned Donegal fans here. Where are we at? Um, relegated in this man, I, I suppose rightly so. The, the league table doesn't make good reading. Neither does any of the columns in it around scoring in defence. Um, are are we at where we're we at, Frank? Are we in a bit of a time where we're, we're taking on water and it's going to be a while before it stops?
3: Yeah, definitely. Donegal is a really low ebb at the minute. You're kind of looking at Brenton and a side that's very lacking in confidence right now for the simple fact that we suffered, you know these losses in the league that, you know, were as good as relegated heading to Ruscommon. I mean, we're going down regardless now, really, what happens there. And you kind of just have to step back and kind of examine it on its own merits. I know, listen, we've talked so much about the big dark cloud that's kind of hanging over Donegal on a number of levels. It got an airing again last night on the Sunday game, that, that academy row. But it's the players and the Donegal management that I kind of feel sorry for because Paddy Carr was kind of pressed afterwards on whether it was having an effect and you could see him trying to choose his words very very carefully regardless of what those people say Brent, it definitely has to cast a bit of a shadow on that there and and, and the players like they stayed about after that game yesterday signing autographs and, and and getting photos I think they had a young four masters team in the dressing room it's very hard to be critical of them I just think at the moment looking at that game you know coldly and calculated yesterday I think It's very obviously there seems to be a real lack of a game plan there, Brenton. I think the players are probably a reflection of that. There, like these aren't bad players. I just think you know the management came in late. You know the way they came into you know the job was pretty rushed. The selection process kind of got an airing two weeks ago. uh, Jim McGinnis appeared on a podcast. It kind of almost sounded like every other avenue was tried. People said no, and listen, we had to go with Paddy Carr and Aidan O'Rourke. And and that's very, very unfair on those individuals as well. So they're well behind on what they're trying to do with this here side. And I think you can see when those bases aren't covered early doors, the slide can be quite quick. And the same can be said of when organisation is in place. I mean, look at Rory Galler and Derry. Look how Jim came on board late 2010. It can be changed around. I don't think we're... We've become a bad team overnight. Obviously, Michael Murphy stepping away. Paddy McBerty injured. Ray McHugh, obviously absent through injury as well. I mean, there are big blows, but there's plenty of talent in that side. And I don't think what they've shown in this league campaign is a real reflection of, of where we're at. We're better than this, Brenton, definitely. Yeah.
0: And and I get your point about probably when Jim came on the quick turnaround that, but there was a nucleus there, Frank, you know, that was able to compete and it approved proved that a few seasons previous. You know, I'm looking at, if we're, if we're cold light of day, the nucleus of this team doesn't seem to be there
3: at the minute. I think without... Well, that- we, we, we've the benefit of hindsight, Brenton, looking back now, but you have to remember that that famous story about Donegal and the Irish News, what, the, there were 22 or 23 out of 32. I mean, Donegal wouldn't be there right now. Yeah. So that's how far... I think it was, we,
0: I think it was 17, yeah. 18. I don't think was that it? was that fair, Frank. Yeah, I know what you mean. That sounds better. You're sensationalising no, it. Yes. Yeah. Right. I, I get your point. We had fallen off the mark. But what I mean is that that team, the nucleus of that team, had competed a few seasons previous. They just had a couple of bad seasons, particularly in Championship and that, where they aren't, weren't really at it. But you still knew that man for man, there's a nucleus there. I'm just wondering now, if, if if let's say for devil's advocate, that say McGuinness was to come in next, what Rory let's say Rory Kevin and Kerlisi, have they got enough of that type of player in there to mold a team that's going to jump to that level, for example?
3: Well, when you're looking for a nucleus, you're probably talking about lads that have been there and done it, but I mean, Donegal's last all of final at 2014, That that's, what, six, seven, that's nine what nine years ago now. So you're looking at what's come in between that there and, and kind of has some traction on the, you know, from Sean Patton through to Owen Van Galler, Ryan McHugh, you know, Patrick Brady he's, he's injured, Michael Langan, you know, even Jason McGee coming in there now. Like, like there is experience there. Like, I don't care what anybody says, Mogan Morganer's quality, and there's lads with, you know, three or four five years under the belt. This this thing about transition and an experience, I don't completely buy into that because I mean last year we, we lost an Ulster final. I think that maybe on another day we could have won. Yeah, obviously the reason we've mentioned since Michael, Patty and Ryan not been there for very different reasons. Like that, that will be a blow in a dressing room. Like Neil McGee maybe on the pitch was a spent force at that stage, but that's a very big voice behind a dressing room door that still would have let a group of players on Sunday know. In no uncertain terms, Brenton, that that just wasn't good enough. And maybe the point you're making, maybe there, there, there's weight in that that there isn't those two or three lads that I don't even know if you make them like that there anymore. That that you know maybe round round the dressing room, up close the door, and, and dish out a few home truths. Uh, lads are built a different way now, and you just you have to move the times. I still think yeah. that likes of Hugh McFadden, Ray McHugh, and that are probably still having their say in that their dressing room. I just think at the minute players modern players aren't mugs. And I think if you're going into battle or you're going out onto a football pitch without maybe a very identifiable game plan, you will be fine out. Kevin McStay is a very intelligent fella. He's got Mayo really in sync, but we could see what Mayo were doing yesterday. There was no secret about how, you know, they said about their business, you couldn't see that there in Donegal, Brenton. It seemed, you know, I think we competed up until maybe, you know, the the midpoint of the first half, four points each, and then you know, blink of an eye, it's half-time and we're 11-6 down. I think what got us to four points each is just maybe a bit of off the cuffness and hoping for the best, and maybe Mayo all just settling in the game. For whatever reason, and again, I'm trying not to be critical of the management team because they've been dealt, you know, a bad hand anyway from the very beginning. I just think there was no obvious game plan there and when when that's the case in modern football, no matter how good or how talented your players are or aren't, they're going to be found out. Yeah,
0: and I guess in that... um Listen, we respect the boys. is what you're saying and what
3: they're doing. To, uh, yeah, just like you can kind of, you need a, Yeah, and, and that is the, that's the point in a lot of you know, an yeah. art out there. The manage, on and off the pitch, you have to kind of look for a balance. Yeah, and I think yeah, you kind of have to go back to the start, Brent, really, maybe the start of the first bit of negativity, which kind of was that drawn out managerial process, and people kind of forget now, like there wasn't a great endorsement of the new management team the night they were even unveiled. Like, they were given a two-year deal, but with a review after one, and I thought that was terrible. Yeah. And it, it was something that, like, why even state that there? Like, yeah, privately tell the guys it's there for two years. And, and like, like, any management team, I think there's always an annual review. Anyways, like... Uh, it's going to be very hard to pull the nose up on this here now, Brent, because we've had such a bad league campaign. We, we've won, you know, we've one game left to go, Russ They probably just want that out of the way and then get stuck into real championship work. And I think the likes of Aidan O'Rourke and Paddy Carr and Paddy Bradley will probably be grateful for that respite right? because even though it is a condensed season, I think Donegal kind of are a bit unique in a sense. They still have maybe four or five weeks maybe to that there game and down. So they, they have time now to really get to work. It's it, It's been a, like, a disastrous league campaign to be fair because of the new management team they probably needed to hit the ground running but like I said like for those guys like Patty Bradley, Patty Kiar, they're brilliant. They answer the phone and just they're very personal people. And I hope for their sake that they can prove everybody wrong and maybe get this here right going forward now. But again, because it's very hard to pull the handbrake on this here now when there's so much negativity out there for a variety of reasons. I mean, things are a low way, eh? but it's making national headlines now. Every other day, you, you wonder what's left to come out of the woodwork again and again. I'm only chatting about this because the academy obviously is still a backdrop to all this here. Like, what's next on that there front? And I think for the players, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place.
0: But Frank, no, just just looking ahead you now, like if you if you look at different teams, obviously Armagh in this last like eight or nine years have gone down to three. Derry have gone down to four. They're now sitting up there in the pinnacle of, of two teams that could have an All Ireland tent. So, till, so this thing of Donegal maybe technically going down, you've a bunch of new players. And what I'm trying to get up at with the core of the team, I suppose, in that Frank is maybe sometimes things have to get a little tough, Or you have to go down before certain players uh, take take control of the team or become the kind of leaders in that. So in many ways, maybe go down to two, it isn't the end of the world in terms of this team, maybe finding their own identity for want of a better phrase. And and coming back up as a, a as a more I suppose tougher opponent than what we've seen in the league so far.
3: Uh you'll probably be able to put a bit of you know context on that there, only after seeing how we get on maybe in Championship Britain and and you know, maybe a good championship run and I know this new format, you know, even outside also the All Ireland series. You know, if it gets to that stage for where Donegal have found a significant improvement between now uh, and going to Park Gessler, yeah, listen, Division 2 wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But maybe staring into a Division 2 campaign next year off the back of a disastrous summer, they're two very different things. And, and again, like it goes back to that original point I made, you know, where, where they lumped Paddy Carr and her work with this one-year review. You know, you need to keep that there in mind as well. So, like, there's going to be choppy waters ahead, I think, but for the lads in charge there and for the team, I hope that they can get the show back on the road in Championship. I mean, I don't think we're expecting, you know, a provincial win, but there'll obviously be that there new system in terms of, that. I think it's like the best way to describe as Champions League kind of format in the All-Ireland Series, uh, the landscape in Ulster looks, I mean, it looks treacherous. I mean, Donegal, Monaghan and Heron have probably been to the fore, obviously, over the last decade. But now you see Armagh, Derry and, and even Down starting again. It's going to be harder than ever, really, Brenton, Captain. to to get back to the, you know, the top of the mountain there. A lot of uncertainty just going forward. But again, everyone would feel a lot better if of, of things improved. In summer in Championship. But I don't know how you find that improvement, Brent. And again, I don't want to sound wild negative, just uh, on the evidence of what we've seen so far. um, It's very hard to be positive on it, just do that's bluntly honest, you know.
0: Yeah, and listen, I suppose in in the games, this was a do or die game, but Mayo, as we know, um, they had like eight or nine challenge games before the league even started. They were back training for weeks before we even had our management team together. They are moving at a different level. It just was a bit scary, just to close off this league, how far ahead they were. Now, they have blitzed other teams, and they have looked unreal, but the gap between us and them, Frank, yesterday was massive.
3: Yeah, you're looking at two sides, maybe, with, I suppose, two very different levels of aspirations. Like, as you say, Mayo will have huge designs on an All-Ireland title under Kevin McStay. They have a very difficult opener, and Connacht against Ross Common. Obviously Ross Common have lifted their I suppose levels this year in Division One. They've been been a revelation. We probably expected to be going to Ross Common next week with so much on the line for both sides at the start of this campaign. That's not the way it's transpired. But yeah, you can see the difference in levels, Brenton, but maybe not just levels inside the pitch in terms of experience. You know, like there's still a core group of very experienced players there and But as you say, that extra time working, you know, that extra know how like Kevin McStay's a shrewd lad. I think they look, like I say, they moving pretty well. Um, they probably realise as well, you know, the likes of Aidan O'Shea and these guys, that the window's kind of closing on them as well, late 20s, early 30s. Uh, it's going to be a big summer for them and even outside Ulster, just from a neutral perspective, it's going to be a very interesting all Ireland series because even the likes of Derry will probably view themselves as contenders. Kerry... Uh, won't go away, they're champions, Dublin are coming again. Yeah, listen, listen, it's going to be a brilliant championship, I think, this summer. It'd just be interesting, again, how that all works under this kind of new sort of Champions League style system, how that there will have an impact on it. But certainly, in terms of contenders, you've probably more fingers up this year than you might have had maybe over the last five or six years. And that's healthy because that Dublin dominance for a while left us all a wee bit disillusioned. But uh, it's going kind to of even out across the board again. And four provinces are going kind to of represent it in that conversation as well, which I think is always good.
0: Yeah. And just last question, Frank. Listen, you mentioned the management already and it's been tough on them. And I suppose how they've been treated since they've come in. Um, there's been so many setbacks around players retiring, injuries, you know, um, players stepping away. Uh, it's been a real a, a main field for them. But, Frank, there's only probably... I mean, I'll take your word on this. There's only one way I think Donegal can approach this, and we need to almost replicate a dairy, and you know it kills me to say that. But unless we protect our defence, and listen, the team can attack is one. It is the only tactic for a team like Donegal that's vulnerable now. And I say that, Frank, with due respect to our defence, because our defence have been manfully Doing the best. They've been under the cosh more It's a forward line that we haven't been able to deliver. So we really need to cut the scores down completely because we're not able to score enough. And that would have always been the thing I was least worried about. It's now the thing I'm most worried about. So really, like, from the from the from the two, two parties in Aden, we've got to find a way of playing that type of system, Like As much as it kills me to say it, it's our only real tactic going in the, you know, we hit the provincial groups, whatever about Ulster, and we're playing those you know, top teams who want to try and take us apart. We got to sit and hit. It seems to be me, our our only game plan going into summer.
3: Well, that's a wild disappointing thing because, I mean, their pitch coming in was about changing, you know, the style of Donegal football. And I'm trying to do that in Division One was always going to be hard. And are we trying to do that under the circumstances? Maybe they found themselves in the job. That That's another thing entirely. Yeah, really disappointing to, to look at how we're so vulnerable now in defence, which, as you say, maybe was a concern over Declan Boner's period as well, you know, when things started to go belly up inside the province. And now all of a sudden, with Michael gone, Patrick injured, Ryan not around, they're pulling the strings, all of a sudden we look, you know, uh, toothless in attack as well. So the issue there is is maybe reverting to type, as you say, which we didn't want to do, which is maybe trying to consolidate and getting men behind the ball. And I mean, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't be one to criticise if that's what they end up doing. Uh, but yeah, maybe starting with Ross Common next week, get that out of the way, and get a game plan locked down for summer uh, and mm-hmm. going to down. But as you say. It Might have to be a cautious one and uh safety first, which is uh it's funny to be saying and funny to hear you endorsing.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, good man, right? You're, you're managing all there, lad. Nobody, Frank. Listen, I just want to I want to put that to one side. Just at the weekend, it was two defeats and two victories. Of course, our ladies lost with their men, our miners and our hurlers won. Just first about the miners, uh, uh, Frank, they're they're coming through and showing up well. Um. Uh, Luke Barrett's side there again with, with another victory. And I suppose if we're looking to the future, we seem to have a good uh, underage side uh, coming through.
3: I listen to Miners' cabinet at the weekend. I think there's four or five points in it, 113-19. to 19. I think they finish up with Sligo, Brenton, in, in that group section, but they've already qualified for the Jim McGuigan Cup um Tyrone and Fermanagh already beaten Tyrone, Luke Bart will, you know, tell himself they kind of use this here competition very much to look at maybe their second French players. But I like Luke and I like what he's trying to do. And again, you know, no different than maybe Leo McLoon in under twenty setup. I hope they aren't collateral damage in all this kind of academy row as well because they're in here for this season now because their season's already started like I hope we don't get to the end of them whenever that is and those lads drop off as well because I thought there was an interesting line of succession there, I thought maybe Luke you know in time would maybe progress up to under 20 you might see the likes of maybe an Eamon McGee and a Leo McLoon and even a Colin McFadden maybe dip their toes into the senior setup. like there's there's loads of things kind of at play there now but in terms of Luke Barrett yeah he's doing a really good job there and uh, like fingers crossed as well that their kind of progresses. There's not much on the line now at the weekend in their final game against Sligo, but I'm sure they'll be, you know, they'll be hoping to finish the round robin with a one, and then they're looking forward to that. Their uh, Jim McGuigan Cup final,
0: yeah. And Frank, like another team obviously that was used to competing at the top, and Natty to said they won't in the championship at Donegal Ladies, only one going down, they still have a chance. On, on the last day, but again heavy defeat the Dublin, two thirteen to six, and uh, I know they've been there's there's experienced players who come back in that Frank, but we've really found the going tough this season. And again, you didn't you don't like that work, uh, I suppose the, the the interchange or the the, the changing the squads and that, but certainly things like Donegal, maybe he's in that wee transition period at the minute.
3: Aye, listen, they're probably the one side that can make peace with the results because there has been such a, a changeover in personnel from the side that got to a league final last year and got to an All-Ireland semi-final. Probably felt they left a game behind them against eventual winners, Meath. Um, the funny thing is, like, regardless of losing all their games so far, Mayo... Galway actually done Donegal a huge favour on Sunday but beat Mayo so it comes down to Donegal and Mayo next week and if Maxie's uh, side actually get the one against Mayo they stay in the top division but the bigger picture I suppose from Maxie and that there looking at the transition yeah there's six or seven girls that are absent from last year but the real big quick question, and they're kind of coy on this, is who exactly is coming back into the mix. I know Niamh McLaughlin's come back into the mix. I see Katie Heron's come back into the mix. I see Karen Guthrie in around the vicinity of it all, obviously, probably itching to get back. But still question marks over two or three other girls there. So I I think that they're, I think the force at Donegal were in the last three or four years, and maybe the ambitions they had in terms of Maybe you know that holy grail of an All Ireland that might just be out of, of, of reach now. But I think get two or three or four of those other gears that we've talked about back into the equation. They still you know they still be a force with an Ulster. And listen, all would be well that end that ends well if they can get the one over Mayo and stay in the division. Because you look at you know mm-hmm. the all men's plate with three points uh, and no chance whatsoever. Uh, there's a mathematical equation there that, that you can dig out that they, they can stay up but listen for all intents and purposes gone like Maxie Curran the Donegal ladies know they beat Mayo at home to uh, Mayo and Donald Park They stay up so yeah like hopefully they can do see, it I see,
0: I see the Irish news is it relegated uh, beside us already <laughs> Frank I think they've decided as far as just finish up on the hurlers uh, you know, bounced back from a, a tough defeat to Wicklow last week. They're heading for the semi-final, a semi-final, of course that I don't think they're uh, too worried. I to think Wicklow and Meath are the two sides that, that want to go back up in the uh, and the Division Two A. But certainly Mickey McCann's side again, you know, with a great victory, uh, just a one point one eight, they won they They're heading that semi-final, and I suppose a strange mindset over the hammering they took off Wicklow last week that they're playing them again. Of course, Wicklow are in the Nicky record so. You know, how, how much do you think Mickey will show his hand in this semi-final? And I suppose, does he want to show the Wicklow, listen, we can match him with you if we need to, or does he hold back and then go for them in the championship shoot, you know, later on in the, when the championship kicks in?
3: Uh, that's kind of interesting. Like it was such a poor performance against Wicklow the, the week before, and it probably mad, Mickey, he probably could have accepted defeat, but maybe the manner on which he came about probably irked him. Uh, Tom, we sent Tom Pomack along to that there on Sunday because there was an overlap what's the Donegal Mayo game but even Tom speculated in his report you know of either side really wanted to win it and I suppose then instinct probably kicked on near the end there and Donegal just got over the line but there's probably value in it for Mickey Brent in the sense that there was a response from the week before Uh, they did it without I think Declan Coulter Danny Cullen Gavin Brown Stephen Gillespie, maybe one or two others were missing. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they approach this here game now. We talk about that there, like pride, like it, it was dented the week before. But I don't even know you know, those lads that we've just mentioned that are missing. He's not going to risk them in this kind of game either. So they'll be short again the next day. And as you say, Wicklow are a quality side. Um, Mickey will probably be turning one eye towards, as you say, Nicky Rackard. Anyway, but probably the value in it was that they bounced back. And they'll get another game now to maybe look at a few other players and that there as well. If you're part of a squad and, and, and you, you want minutes, like, you'll get the opportunity there. But I think Mickey's probably looking at the bigger picture of the Nicky record.
0: He is indeed. Uh, thanks very much for that, Frank Craig. A great wrap-up there. Uh, just on the previous uh, interview with Joe McBerty, that's of course this Saturday, 25th of March, at Eamon Burn Park, 3pm. Is that play for Joe? We're coming, after, coming up after the break, we're going to hear from a team on the up and up and their manager, Rory Galler. Yeah, as I said before the break, a team on up and up is Derry and their manager Rory Geller caught up with Michael McMullen after victory and promotion at the weekend.
4: Back to the top flight, Rory. Um exactly what you would have wanted to start of the year. Ah, yeah, absolutely. would've liked to, uh, to, to get promoted and you try to win every game and when you win six in a row, are just delighted because obviously last year winning five and drawing one wasn't enough so it's a great reward to the players for the, the way they stuck at it and the way they took the I suppose, the impact of knocking up last year on the chin and, and responded well. The next week after Dublin, was it important to get the thing regrouped again or not? Ah, it doesn't make any difference whether you're playing the next week or two weeks or three weeks. You just have to train and get your head around and prepare and be ready to play and we were. And finally, how important was it to get the job done before Cork? I think it's just very important to get it done. You know, we're playing clear at home. So we are. um, You know, we want to win at home. I suppose ultimately then against Galway, we didn't show up last year. It's just important to take control of the game today, and I thought we did it, and we won unbelievably comfortably, you know. And you talked about playing against the big teams. A final in Croke Park is something I'm sure you'll want your players to... Uh, for. Yeah, absolutely. Look, ultimately, from now, well, all along, it's the 15th of April, you're playing for Manor in the Championship. But ultimately, you use all these games as preparation, and you obviously want.
0: Yes, indeed, Rory Gallagher. On the way up and up, listen, I want to thank everybody who contributed to the show this evening. I'll speak to you all next week.